0: Today is December 9th, and we sat down with Adam Ottavino to discuss all that there was to discuss. It was a good time. Let's do it. Let's talk yanks. Talking yanks with old John Boy, John Jake. Recaps galore, and weekly awards, stat lines, steaming hot takes. Your Yankees news with these two fine dudes, it's time for Talking Yanks. Talking Yanks with old John Boy,
1: John Boy and Jake. Talking Yanks with old John Boy, John Boy and Jake.
0: Hello and welcome to Talking Yanks. Thank you very much for joining us today. My name is Jimmy, sitting next to me is Jake, and the corner is Bug Bug Dude. We just wrapped up a conversation with Adam Atavino. Relief pitcher for the New York Yankees. It's like an hour long, so we'll keep the intro short. Jake, what do you want to tell the people about the conversation they're
1: about to hear? James, David Mendelsohn. Uh It was great, man. Uh, recurring, now recurring guest, Adam Adovino, second appearance on Talking Yanks. He's, uh, you know, I felt bad because when we were originally talking about the season, we, you know, Otto had one bad day. We talked about that a little bit. Uh, but then we we're grooving, man, and I, he he gives open answer, open answers, open answers. Ian Anderson. Uh, he gives open answers, and he talks like someone that grew up in New York, gets media, gets being an actual Yankees and sports fan. So it was it was really cool, man. Otto's Otto's the dude.
0: Yeah, st- at the end, at the end of the conversation, we dive into I'm like, so you grew up a Yankees fan? You listen to the fan? He's like, yeah, I'm in it. I'm like, we talked about like how Yankees fans can be very harsh and boo, yeah. and got his opinion on that as well as his usage over this season, um, the rumors about maybe him being uh, traded this offseason, ignored a call from Zach Britton, and then I ignored another call. I so. think Chad Green called. I think Chad Green called the second time to say, Chad hey. Chad Green
1: doesn't have a cell phone.
0: Maybe, okay, maybe it was Canely. Someone called to let him know, like, hey, dude, Zach's Zach trying to get in touch yeah. with you. Yeah. All right. Well, here's the interview. It's brought to you by John Boy Media's Winter Meeting One Day Extravaganza. Tomorrow, Thursday, December 10th, we will be live for eight hours straight from noon to 8 p.m. with guests each hour as we go. Michael K., Jeff Passan. Should we leak another one right now? Buster Only. Buster Only, Short King. And a lot of others, so yeah. it'll be on the main YouTube channel, John Boy Media. Go check it out. Thank you very much. Here is Adam Aravino. <mad crowds narcissically> <accounts>
1: <Have giờEN Bilbo> baseball. We are joined by published photographer Adam Ottavino. Adam, how you doing, man?
2: Doing well, doing well. Happy to be here, guys. That's
0: just content creator. Yeah. Uh, Yankees number one source for, uh, you know, inside access this season.
2: Well, nobody else was allowed inside, inside at all, so.
0: You had a great head start. You took advantage of it.
2: Yeah, still had to get everything cleared by the team, though. So uh, just, just didn't know what would what would happen there.
0: Yeah, for for those that are unaware, there's an ESPN article all about it. Adam had his photographer uh, camera. Ph- your photographer camera, they call them. Well, I was mixing up my words. <laughs> a lot of the pictures that people have seen, uh, like Cole on the mound um, in a T-shirt in the empty Yankee Stadium, or Tanaka getting uh, rubbed down before a start all came from uh, your camera. And I remember seeing a lot of those pictures until I read the article. I was like, oh, that was all you shared that originally? So that's pretty cool. That Cole shot, that's like, was porn for Yankees fans at the time.
2: Yeah, yeah, no, I knew that. That was exactly what I, <laughs> what I knew it would be. So, uh, I mean, it just had to happen. You know, I just, being a Yankee fan myself uh, as a kid, I mean, I kind I kind of know, know what the people want. And, um, you know, obviously with, uh, social media and everything, you could just drop something like that. So like, I didn't know if he was okay with it. So I was taking pictures and stuff and like, I just started sending them to his phone and then he was like, Hey, is it okay if I like put this on the internet and I was like, all right, good. Like I was just making sure it was okay before I dropped it out there. So I did that.
0: You said, no, I'm going to put it on there.
2: Yeah. I was like, here, go ahead, go ahead. And then I beat him to the punch. I was like, oh,
1: <laughs> oh you're going to post that? Done. Yeah. Um, is there is there a secret album, like at the end of the hangover, when they're like, we're going to look at these pictures once and that's it. Do you, are you in possession of that? Was that shared with the team or, or and how do I get it?
2: Uh, yeah, there's a folder on my computer right now that I'm using that has probably 80 more pictures that I sub- like submitted to like for them to review. And I don't know how, what uh, got picked, got picked, but, uh, those, some of them didn't. And then there's some ones that are not even in the folder as well, but I don't know they they're almost like in a time capsule at this point. So you could hack my computer. Okay. And that's about the only way.
1: A lot
0: of it in the article, you were like, there's the picture of uh, Chapman getting stretched out or something before the game and they're wearing masks and, uh, you know, the caption and, and your interview is like, yeah, it was just, it's bizarre. It's like a truly bizarre time. And, we're maybe nine months out from that and it's not, I looked at that and I didn't think twice about the masks, but when you took it, it was at the very beginning yeah. and it must've been like, it, it, it's, it was crazy to me how like, oh yeah, that was so far and, and now it's so normal. Yeah. And you guys did a whole year kind of entrenched in that, that world. I mean, you have the pictures of checking in at the, at the car and then the daily tests and all of that. When the season was over, were you kind of happy to just like get away from that entire process? How frustrating or normal did it become?
2: I think I think um, you know it was it was nice to get away, I guess, from the bubble situation or whatever you want to call it. But I mean, it like it just became too normal. Like a lot of the pictures I thought when I was taking them, like wow, people are not going to believe this picture. But then like now, I watch a show, and if they don't have a mask on in the show, I'm like, what are you doing? Like you're you're in a store. You know, so that just shows you how quickly we've all become comfortable with it, at least some of us. And so for me, like, to answer your question, like, um, I was just used to it by the end.
1: What's, uh from, from all the photos, and you could do the ones that are released or whatever. I mean, the Higgy Kratz one with the beers on the floor, that's all time. I mean anything with Tanaka you knew was going to be good what's uh like what's your favorite it it could be from the the unreleased too but like what's if you had to look at one picture right now what's what's your favorite or
0: if you just had one player that you were allowed to paparazzi them who's your favorite guy to follow around
2: uh Clint Frazier probably you know uh he's just uh he cracks me up so you know I like he's always kind of doing his own thing so I like to try to like see what that thing is and quiz him on it and, you know, get inside his head a little bit. And uh, we have some funny photos that didn't make the cut, but he's somebody that I definitely try to, you know, I try to scope out what he's doing because he's always trying to be, you know, himself. <laughs> and so I appreciate that. And um I don't know about favorite photos. Like I, I actually don't know if I got that one photo I really wanted that had anything to do with coronavirus, but there was one night um, where we had a really long rain delay. It was like pouring rain. I don't remember who we were playing, but, I went up to the upper deck like during the rain delay and I took a lot of photos of the stadium, like with rain pouring down, like dripping off of like the third deck and a bunch of crazy stuff like that that you would never be able to get normally. Mm -hmm. So like that experience was, was, uh, was just kind of cool. I felt like I was like, you know, Batman or something like doing something (laughs) like that you're not supposed to be doing at night, but like it's very fulfilling at the same time. So that was kind of more fun than anything else.
0: Sneaking around. What kind of camera are you using? I think it said a Canon uh, um, five. I, have a, I
2: used to have a Canon. I have a Leica um, M240. is what I took all the photos with this year. That in my phone, and I have a new a new Leica camera as well. That only shoots black and white. But um, yeah, like they're just easier to use because they're a little smaller than the Canon. The Canon's like pretty big. It's hard to travel with it, and I just wanted something that could be a little more sneaky because that's kind of what I'm doing is sneaky stuff.
0: Uh, Didi had like two spring trainings ago whenever he had like the big ass lenses and he was on the field taking photos and stuff. Did you guys used to cut it up about cameras and lenses and styles?
2: Yeah, a little bit. I mean, Didi was on a lot of stuff. He would like, I mean, he was bringing like whole like pelican, giant trunks of like equipment on the road. Um, he had a lot of different interests other than just photography. Like we definitely talked a little bit about that stuff, but he was like playing keyboard, like. 10 minutes before the game, like in the, so, in the traveling secretary's office and like tattooing him. Ben Tulowitz. Yeah. Ben's ha- Benny's office and like tattooing himself, like on the road, like just like doing different, just different kind of stuff. Like all his, like, you know, we just won the game. He's got all the animations of all the players and stuff. So he was on a lot of different things. I don't know how he had all the time for all that, but um, photography was just like one part of it. He was like one of the most interesting people I've ever played with for sure.
1: There, there was a period with Didi where it almost went too far. It's like, okay, he's got the languages, he's doing photos, and then it's like, oh, he's, he's also a, a doctor on the weekends. And it's yeah. like, okay, Deedee. Like, well, he let's, taught
0: himself piano while he was recovering yeah, from Tommy John. Yeah, it's like, all right. Uh, <laughs> Come on,
1: man. Cut, yeah. cut
0: the tape, man.
2: It wouldn't surprise um, me at all if he was a doctor. Like, just yeah. taught himself, read some books.
0: I have two suggestions for next season. Okay. One, Kodachrome. Just get your hands on some Kodachrome, because I like Kodachrome pictures from the 60s. So that's so just a personal just, preference. Just a personal okay. preference. Okay. And I don't even think they make Kodachrome anymore. <laughs> so you'd have to go through some back channels or something. One suggestion. Two, recreating old photos from past Yankees with current Yankees Ooh. in the clubhouse.
2: Okay. Yeah, we could like, that.
0: Like, who, what's the famous picture? That's it's good. like... um. Yogi pouring beer onto Roger Maris's head as Mickey Mantle rubs his hair or something like that. Maybe it's yeah. Billy Martin's head. Yeah. Get they some recreation. I
2: have a lot of photos like that in the training room of, like, guys getting worked on throughout, you know, Yankee history. There's, like, Babe Ruth laying there, getting some sort of, like, ointment put on his hamstrings that probably, probably doesn't exist anymore. As
1: Hot dog Pete grease. Lamp.
2: Yeah. Yeah, it's, like, weird pictures like that. They're always cool to look at
1: flavor. I've, I've got one last picture question. We could talk a little baseball. Uh, we're a picture podcast now. Uh, who was the guy that you had to tell? Like, I've got enough pictures of you like Zach Britton. You can just cause I got the camera. We don't need any more of you today, Zach.
2: Um, <laughs> I think, uh, if I, if, if like I wanted to photograph Voight all day, I think he would have no problem with that. Okay. You know, Luke, uh, Luke Luke appreciates, you know, uh the hype train for sure. I mean, we had a lot of Luke Voigt t-shirts going around this year in the locker room. Probably like one per week like what he, he was killing it, but I mean, I just I just feel like he was definitely loving it. So, uh he wouldn't have complained too much.
1: Okay. That's what I was looking for.
0: I thought it was going to be waiter. Waiter seems like he likes getting his picture taken. He's
1: not shy. Well, <laughs> <laughs> I, could go down, I could go down a whole, a whole yeah, that's,
2: later, but that's
1: my guy. I, I, I get the Wade treatment myself this year. Um What this baseball season? I mean, you're you're looking back now, and I feel like we did this a little bit with you last year, and you know, you're you were kind of on the cutting edge of baseball earlier with the RPM, the revolution, and everything. What looking back, because you know, strikeouts were up, walks were down, the hits were up a little bit. Are is it small sample size? Cause it is small sample size. Like as you've started looking back at the season, where are you at with it?
2: My, my season personally, personally. Yeah. I mean, I got hit harder. I think that's the biggest thing. Um, you know, my hard hit rate went up a lot. Like, you know, I, I like to look at the analytics stuff, like just um, not so much, like in the moment, like I'm doing a lot, a lot of feeling the opponent out and all that, but overall like looking at when you look back on things you know where can you clean up some areas I mean the first thing that jumps off the page is just like that I got hit harder this year Uh, much more hard contact so you know you try to get in the weeds about why that's the case because I did have a decent amount of strikeouts and I did have you know a few less walks in the previous year so normally that would be a pretty good indicator that you're throwing all right but I was getting hit hard so you know we've looked at a lot of things um of why that could have been and, you know, what's how to adjust with that going forward. And that's the plan I'm trying to implement now. And um, that's kind of the game of baseball, like how you evolve. But in terms of, like, the results of the season, like, I mean, I had one game where I gave six runs, I got nobody out. So not, you can't come back from that. Uh, so I try not to even look at that ERA. I just try to look at everything else.
0: We just butter butterknife that one right out of the system and it lands at a 298 ERA instead of a five-something. So so Done. Done.
2: Yeah, I mean you can't you can't take it away. It happened, obviously. Um you know, uh it is what it is. I've had a few of those in my career, like probably one every three years, where it's just like, well, shit, this game was just, you know, man, what do you say <laughs> about that, really? So uh We we so. spoke with
0: Grichik. Uh, from the Blue Jays, like, the next day he came on and we chatted with him because he's a little fuck that always crushes the Yankees, so we just wanted to tell him, like, calm
1: down. He had the peacock feathers like, out Please a little
0: bit. stop and like, All doing right. this. Yeah. He said, because it was a whole thing, did they have signs? Did they know? Because they were like, it was you. Was it Chad or it was someone
2: yeah, else he, out of the before bu-. me, and then he got in trouble. I came in and uh, didn't get him out of trouble.
0: Yeah, and then there was, like, you know, whenever this happens now, it's, did they have the signs? Were the well, blah, blah Girchick says yeah. no.
2: Are you tipping? Whatever. Does
0: that go through your mind, tipping, Worse. signs, guessing?
2: Yeah, are because like in, if you look at that game in particular, like me and Chad Green got I think one swing and miss in the in our outing. And like mm-hmm. that's not typical. Like we both have high swing and miss rates. So, you know, we have people on the, you know, on the staff for the Yankees that are big into like checking you, making sure that you're not tipping and this and that. And I mean, I, they had It was just one of those games where, like, if I threw a good pitch, they hit a foul ball. And if I threw a bad pitch, like, they either murdered it or they took it because it was a ball. So, like, their approach was, like, so perfect that it does make you think in the game, like, something's up here. But we couldn't find anything. And so you can't just, like, uh, necessarily blame that always right away. But it definitely pops in your mind, like, initially. Like, this is an outlier. Why did this happen, you know? Yeah,
0: and I think Chad – well, I don't know if this is confirmed, but we were told that there was a period where Chad did find out he was tipping a little yeah. and, and changed, and you can see in his game logs like a quick, like, a little blip and then a change. I don't know if that was the same error or not. So, it was, I mean, it's uh, common for you guys, right?
2: Well, yeah, well, for Greeny, it was actually like um, a few weeks prior he was tipping against, I think, the Mets. He gave up three home runs in one inning.
0: Oh, it was the Nationals. The
2: Nationals. Somebody got him for three homers in an inning, like out of nowhere. And that's, yeah. when he tips, he tends to do the same thing always. So he, of course, right away, they knew he was doing it again, you know. So that's frustrating because, like, you know, he's so good. And I thought he was on the way to, like, being the best pitcher in the league last year, the way he started off initially. And then to have a three-homer game, you know, on a short season, it's just tough. Like, it's tough psychologically. You're just, like, you don't know what to do with it because normally you have so many games to make up for that, and you just didn't have as much time.
1: Yeah. What's your what- – after that happens, do you have, like, a bad, like, a rainy day remedy? Like, are you cold shower six Miller high-lifes and move on? Or what, what do you do after that?
2: So, like, after any time you give up a run, like, you have to, like, know how to process it properly. And I think, you know, the speed at which you do that is kind of, kind of separates the elite guys and the not elite guys, especially in the bullpen. And I've gotten a lot better at it over the years. But I, but I feel like when you have one where it's a complete disaster, like, it's hard. Uh, this year, I mean, immediately I'm like wanting to talk to the coaches. Like, what do you got? Like, you know, you don't want to be that guy who's like talking about yourself all the time, but you're like, what, what do you guys got? Like, what just happened? You're trying to process it. And, uh, you know, I give a lot of credit to my teammates. You know, um, they're always there. We're always there for each other. I felt like that night in Buffalo, I was able to kick it with Guardy for a while and talk about different stuff and um, just get past it, you know, a lot quicker than if I went in my room and like called my wife and like thought about the game you know yeah. so that we were able to sh- shorten that you know feedback loop real quick and then by the next afternoon like the mindset was already like well my numbers are are effed. like they're done but like we have things to play for here so let's go you know and uh that's kind of the the process that you go through but I'm not a big drinker or anything like that but I'm definitely a big like let's investigate the game and like look at look at all the minutia until you're blue in the face and then try to get past it you know after that I
1: think that's why we're different athletes. I went the six Miller High-Lifes. He tried to figure it out. Okay. I'll put that in my notes.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Um, I mean, after that game, you faced Toronto because you guys had so many outings against them. I think you faced them four more times after that outing, and you fared good, well. I mean, I think you went three shutout, like really clean innings. Uh, Is that – is that like an extra fist pump for you or you've passed it, passed it, forgotten about it. It's just another game or you're like, good. Like...
2: No, I mean the truth, the truth is, is it sticks with you. You know, who hit you, you know what happened. You think that they think they have you now. So you want another crack at them. I mean, you know, um, I think I pitched in two blowouts after that, like to end the game. And last thing you want to do is like go out there and make it interesting and have to get Chapman up or whatever. Like, I know what that's like being in the closer. So you want to just nail it down and have a little extra chip because it's those guys that just, you know, whacked me around. And so definitely try to bear down. You can't shy away from it. You know, you're going to face them again. This is a similar thing um, that I had to learn when I was with the Rockies. Like I used to get beat up by the Dodgers specifically. And this one, I had like the previous worst game of my career was against the Dodgers. And of course the next week, who are we playing? It's the Dodgers. So going to have to face them again. And, I just remember like going and having a clean inning against them. I was like proud of myself for that. It was like a big hurdle, like just mentally, like the games aren't related, you know, go out there and do your thing. And more times than not, you're going to have success.
0: When the season started with how weird the season was and last and the season at the end, like you got used a lot in 2019, uh, early, late, like, you, like, in the postseason, all you guys got used, like, every single game. So we thought, you know, at the start of the season that maybe they were limiting your usage to build you up slowly and, and then pounce in the, in the postseason. Is there any conversation or structure about, like, how we're going to use you and how not? Because it seemed like, I mean, obviously the Yankees didn't use you as much as they're paying to use you. And besides that one Boston game, you're basically giving results. So... I, we were wondering, like, is there any, like, hey, we're going to start slow. We're going to build you up because we, we want you. If there's any shorter season, is there any communication there? Are you wondering well, the same stuff?
2: Well, I think, I think um, you know, when I came to the team, you know, uh, going back to 19, you know, it was communicated to me pretty early that, like, I was going to be mostly used against the righties just because, you know, our other relievers are really strong versus lefties. At the time, Kainley is, like, unhittable versus lefties. Chad Green's good. We had Batances. Britain and Chapman. So obviously you see that right there and I'm like, sure, no problem. And so that's kind of how it played out in the first year. I pitched mostly against righties me and Tommy flip-flopped a lot of innings uh, based on who was coming up. Obviously they let me pitch against some lefties, but I felt like, you know, that was just kind of my role and it was working and we were rolling. And then, um, you know, coming into this year, it was probably going to be more of the same Tommy blows out first game. So I'm thinking, okay, like I'm going to get more opportunities here. like you know do what i've always done on other teams which is just like pitch a regular inning and that never really like manifested itself this year and like before i knew it like it was over so you know i think going forward obviously it's not a situation i prefer but i think like you have to try to fit in with the context of the team and understand like what what each team's trying to do to win i do think this last year you know unfortunately i just never got into a great rhythm uh, the way that I wanted to, and then, you know, I just wasn't I wasn't able to, uh, you know, turn the tide enough um, by the time the playoffs rolled around, make it undeniable, as I always say, and uh, it just kind of played out the way it did.
1: It was wild, man. I mean, from from the fan perspective, because going back to 2019, there was kind of that, there were so many injuries that year that there was that buildup kind of last week of the season it's like all right we'll give these guys one more shot to be healthy and you felt that this year again but it did happen a lot around the league only because it was a 60 game season booney hinted toward it at the start of the year it was like you know if you get one injury this year like that's kind of it like that's that's kind of all you're allowed so i i mean were were you guys feeling that al- I, at the same time let's talk about the high stuff i mean you guys heading into the playoffs like the, the ship got rolling again, and then you're rolling through Cleveland. You guys had to be feeling pretty good.
2: Well, I mean, I think our identity as a team, especially coming off of 19, is like, we're just going to win. Like, we're going to plow forward regardless of who's in the lineup, and we're just going to win. And then this year definitely shook that at, at times. Like, we lost, I think, what, like nine or 10 in a row or something? It was like definitely ugly, ugliest I had seen it with this team. But then we won 10 in a row right after. Yeah. That. So, you know, the tendency when you're in the clubhouse is to just look around at the guys and be like, I know these guys. Like, you know, we got a good team. Like, let's roll. And when we won the first game in Cleveland, I think we, we banged Bieber around the yard. We were feeling good right away. Like, we felt like the switch had flipped, like, to be honest. I remember that night with the boys just, like, talking and being like, I love the way this game played out, you know? <laughs> yeah. And then, the <laughs> next, you know, it took all that anxiety off. You lose that first game, maybe you start to think, like, all right, maybe we aren't the team we think we are. That sort of that sort of psychology comes into it. That's all real stuff. So we won that game big. Second game was obviously a crazy one. So, but we won that one too. So now you're thinking, let's go. Like if we're gonna have to play the Rays, let's do it right now. So definitely, we were optimistic going into that series, no doubt.
0: Man, and the first Rays win. Yeah, exactly. We <laughs> uh, on that one
2: too. So yeah.
0: Jesus. Still mad at game two. I want to ask you your thoughts. I don't. You don't have to put yourself on the record there, well, but I mean, still mad about that.
2: Yeah, I mean, my, well, here's the thing about Game Two. Like, obviously, if it worked, like, it would have, you know, genius. Come down to if it works, you know what I mean. Yep. But like, it's just weird because, like, in the moment, you have a lot of mixed feelings about what's happening. Like, you're like, you're thinking, like, what do we have to do to win? At the same time, you're thinking, I'm thinking about my guy Jay Happ, who like pitched great this year and deserved yeah. to have a start, you know. But I guess. I'm always a proponent of like, the managers deserve to make the calls. You know what I mean? That's their job. So like, it's tough. You feel both ways. Like, you want something for your guys and you want something you want to just win the game and it didn't work. And it felt like a bad idea after the fact. But that's because we lost the game, you know. And also selfishly, I'm thinking to myself, oh, "Zach Britton's calling me. I'm just cannot
1: get." You can that. answer it. Well, you can answer. He's talk,
2: a friend. probably talking to me about union stuff. Um, no. <laughs> Not as fun. Um, and then, like selfishly, I'm thinking, "How am I going to get in a baseball game?" To be honest, so yeah. I'm seeing the plan. I'm like, "Hey, I have a chance. If they put righties in off the bench, they might actually yeah. put me in this game." And I did pitch in that game. That was the only game I pitched in. But I but. You know, so I didn't want it to happen, but I wanted it to happen. You know what I mean? Like, it, yeah, yeah. it didn't work out.
1: Another yeah. team did it. Another team kind of went opener to starting pitcher. And the Dodgers. They, they, you know, they got a ton of love for it. So it was the – and then Cash had that aggressive end-of-the-year interview that was like, Haps pitched
2: out of the bullpen. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Who pitched against us that game?
0: Glassnow? You, uh, uh, no, no. Game two. was It, it was Glassnow, yeah. Yeah. He Morton was good. game
2: three. He pitched good, like – yeah. Oh, is, uh, like if, maybe if we rape that game, it wouldn't even matter, you know, but it's just that's, that's, that's baseball, you know. It looked crazy. Was it Morton
0: or is it Glass now?
2: Glass now.
1: Glass now. Okay.
2: Yeah. He's
0: not
1: that hot, right? No, not, <laughs> not, at all. not at all. Yeah. Okay. All right. We're on the same page He's there. too tall. We're on the same page there. Yeah. That's what I tell girls. <laughs> that guy's I'll, too I'll
2: tall. tell you, though, he's definitely a guy that, like, when he's doing stuff in the outfield, like his throwing or his running, like other people definitely watch that.
1: You tune in. Yeah, Take notice. Like, yeah.
2: Oh, look at that. athlete over there. That's fair. Cause you talk
0: to Garrett Cole. I, I know you guys were throwing together in the front yard beforehand. Do you ever walk up to him and be like, Hey, how about G man Choi? What's up with that?
2: Oh yeah. We can, I mean, please. I live to give Garrett crap, like live. <laughs> live to so any opportunity I can to, you know, stick whatever knife I can in there and see how he reacts. I do. And <laughs> what do you, well, you know, he's aware of the G man choice situation, but he just feels like, because this is Garrett, like I just need more chances at him, you know? Yeah. So, so he's right. But I mean, I mean, of course, yeah, of course we all do. I mean, that's the nature of, you know, how it is as uh, teammates.
0: I tried to find, I was going to make a whole video on it. And I kind of scrapped it cause it was a lot of work, but I tried to find any other recent like hall of fame pitcher and see if there was someone who had as high of an OPS as G-Man Choi does in over 25 plate appearances. I couldn't find any. Really? Like the like he crushes Cola and it's off every pitch. So like Cole's attacked him like 20 different ways, and he yeah. still just gets it I hate done. It.
2: Nuts. Yeah, the Rays have a few guys that like they clearly the matchup works for them. You know, Rosso off Chapman, whatever. So. Yeah. It seems to be, you know, they have the right piece plugged in, or at least they did this year.
0: Man, how was that with, with the Rays? I mean, everyone's building it up, like animosity, and the Rays have some quotes, and, and Kevin Cash has quotes, and, you know, we're all eating into it. Is there actual, like, within the Yankees with you guys after those games and, and the Chapman stuff and the Barrasso stuff, it, do you think there was really, like, fuck these guys or, or bad blood, so to speak?
2: No, I think maybe they had more bad blood with us than we did with them. I mean, I think like, you know, there's some obvious like when you play a team a lot, you know, they become a thorn in your side. They do some things you don't like. It, it gets annoying, but I don't think there's anything like that they've done outwardly that's that bad. I mean, they pitch DJ inside, you know, because because what else are you going to do? And unfortunately some of their guys throw 98 and have no real idea where it's going. So that's the sketchy part of it all, but they're not trying to hit him. You know what I mean? Like they're trying to get him out. So yeah. I don't think we have any animosity in that way towards them. We just want to beat them. Like, I think part of the Yankee thought too is like, we kind of, I kind of don't like the style of play that they have. So a lot of us don't really love it and we want to bring death to it, you know, like, we just want to be the Yankees and, and whoop them, whoop their ass, you know, but I mean, they keep beating us. So yeah. this year, especially like, you got to tip your cap to it.
1: Yeah. yeah. Especially like Randy. You were getting pretty frustrated with the Rays brand of baseball towards the end of the world series. Cause it's not, I think it's bad for the growth of
0: baseball yeah. and bringing in casual fans. I, I, do, I do. It's like very old Manny, but I, I do think like no 12 year old wants to watch what the Rays are doing. Uh, they don't they they don't have a recipe to build superstars or you know but Randy did but I guess like it's just not it exciting. Not. Yeah. You know, all the different pitchers the shifts, and the pitchers and taking Snell out and that like it's just not and it could work. I'm not saying it doesn't work or it's good. I just think it's, it's not like bringing a, in a new fans.
2: It's like a player like you want I actually think you want there to be more correlation between your payroll and winning though. So it's frustrating sometimes when they yeah. kind of like short circuit the system and make everybody think that they can just do that. And in reality, like it's a lot harder to do, like they make it look easy, but it's a lot harder to do than it looks. And so and
0: it's also like the opener stuff with Yanni Chirinos and Yarbrough is a friend of our, of the program like that was, you know, a little strategic for on the field, and it was a lot of strategic for arbitration because game started is a stat that gets used in arbitration. So when you really look at the inside baseball stuff of how the Rays just, like, cut costs and, and take advantage of that, it's gross. <laughs> like, this sucks. Yeah,
2: and, like, I know, like, we one thing that we did that bothered some of the relief pitchers this year was, like, you know, Cash talking about his, uh, his guys out there, and I'm like, yeah, but, like, how many of your guys are hurt? Like, we were kind of frustrated. Like, they just they'll just abuse anybody and send them to the next team. And, yeah. um, you know, the year before, like, Ryan Stanek had, like, a mazzillion games and then got traded at the deadline for Anderson. And it was like, Same oh, with Pagan, like, we're done with you. Same with Pagan, you know. And that's the type of stuff, like, it works for them. I give them credit for finding a way to win. But I just think we're looking at it like, man, I feel bad for some of those players that get abused like that and then kind of just sent somewhere else and they're hurt or whatever.
1: Have Have you... Uh have you scheduled a dinner in maybe mid to late December with the LeMayhues at a nice restaurant and being like, you know, if you time it right, they might pick up that tap.
2: Yeah. Um, well, we went out to eat with them a few times while they're still here and now they're not here anymore. Now they're in Michigan or wherever, Arizona, something like that. So they'll come back around this way and we'll definitely get together. But DJ DJ's not somebody that I try to I don't try to like, I don't try to get in his head too much about this stuff.
0: So no prodding texts or anything like that?
2: No, as much as I want to. um, I got like the initial rundown of like what the interest level was and all that. Um, But after that, I mean, I know what it's like to go through it. So, and I just know DJ, like just let him be, he'll, he'll be fine. Some
0: free agents like being the wind and dined uh, stuff and like you know they put your name on the scoreboard with the uniform Ooh. on DJ doesn't seem like the kind of guy yeah. that wants to like you know be wined and dined by 20 different teams. am I wrong there? do you think he's like reveling in this process?
2: no I think or? you're right he doesn't want to be wind and dot da- like that stuff the substance of it doesn't matter but I like you know the dressing of the whole you know package that you're offering him doesn't necessarily matter but I do think that in his career like he has felt slighted at times. You know, and he wants people to see in him what we what we all see in him, you know, and what he knows himself to be. And so I think he's a little guarded because his last time through free agency didn't go the way he thought it would. And, um, you know, even getting traded to the Rockies many long time ago for the Cubs as a throw in player. I mean, there's certain things that people don't realize motivate this guy. And, uh, you know, that's always in the back of his mind.
1: So let me Adam Ovino, photographer, baseball player, future GM Chris Young just gets named GM. Let's say all, all of the money was even. Uh, what would what would be your pitch? Get it over the top to DJ. Would you just send him like a hockey stick or no. something? Like what 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 would your play be? Yeah, they send uh, Cole
0: a bottle of wine.
2: Yeah, I was gonna say. I mean, if it involves hockey, you're on the right track. But okay. you got to convince the wife, you know, always mm. Jordan LeMay, who is the one you got to, you got to convince. She's the one who's going to, um, you know, push it one way or the other for sure. Okay.
1: That's a safe. You should go a little subliminal, like maybe send him a picture of you in a pinstripe suit and be like, do you like this suit? <laughs> oh, believe me. He
2: wants to come back. I mean, I think everybody knows he's had a great time yeah. with the guys. Like he wants to be on the Yanks, like no doubt, but I just think we'll see what happens. I mean, um, I don't even I mean nothing's happened yet with any, yeah. with hardly anybody of that stature so I'm waiting and waiting for it just like you guys are.
0: Your name keeps popping up in not even real rumors just like people that are trying to fill pages like maybe the Yankees try to move out of Vino, you know, and you had a quote I I read it this morning I don't know where you're like I don't want to go anywhere. Like, yeah. I don't is this on your mind at all? Like it's not none of the reports or anything even close to real. It's really just people. Yeah. It's been at-
1: bad article season well, since oh, the um, end
2: of baseball. I was at the, um, I talked to Ken Davidoff. He asked me about it. Cause I was at um, um, uh, the players Alliance thing in Brooklyn last week. So he was there. He asked me about it. I don't read any of that stuff. So I don't know about any rumors or not rumors, but like, like I know how things work. Like obviously some fans are probably thinking, Oh, like he makes this much money. We could get rid of him and use that money for something else. Like, I get that, but individually, like, I have no control over it. I've never been traded before. Like, when I came to the Yankees, that was, like, a big lifelong dream fulfilled for me. And, like, it's not done yet in my mind. Like, this season was bullshit anyway. Like, I just want to play a full season with the guys and win the whole thing and see where that takes me after that. So it's not really in my mind. Like, if it did happen, it it would happen. It would be what it is. Like, that's life. You got to live with it, but... No part of me doesn't want to be on the team. That's for sure.
0: Don't worry. The, the articles are all nonsense. It's been the worst month for baseball, like, articles ever. We have, we have like, GMs and owners coming out and being like, nope, not true <laughs> with yeah. Steve Cohen on the Mets, which is awesome. It's nice to see yeah. that going. As a lifelong Yankee fan, are you scared that the Mets may be a real deal contender now with a new owner?
2: I don't know about scared, but, like, I do think that they have a chance to be the real deal. Um, he said all the right stuff. And I know that I know about Met fans, like, intimately. Like, I know the Met thing can gain a lot of momentum in this town, you know. And I don't know that it's ever been sustained, but there's always been those peaks. It'll be interesting to see if they start, you know, uh, being able to sustain things a little longer, how, how, how everybody reacts. I also kind of like it because it kind of pushes us a little bit in a, in a weird way. And, uh, yeah, it's a bit
0: of a nudge to to Hal and Cash, like, hey, wake up, they're coming.
2: Yeah, yeah. And all that stuff that I say about, like, um, you know, the way I look at things as a player, like, I also know that it's important for stuff to be important to the fans. Like, to me as a Yankee fan growing up, of course I cared if the Mets or the, or the, how the Mets were doing because it impacted my bragging rights, you know, with my buddies and that sort of thing. So I, I want that all to be, I want the New York baseball to be the center always and to be relevant because that's the universe i grew up in and and just like want to project out there all the time
1: i can't even imagine like that's one of the first things when i moved to new york i was like if there was a subway series in this town like i i, I can't fathom that process because even this weekend you could feel almost a new york giants energy because they were in first place and they yeah. had a big game coming up like if both of those teams are firing like as I mean, sign me up and then like, w- let's whoop their ass or whatever. But, um, God, I mean, was that, what was that? 2001, like 2000, 2000. So yeah. you were, I mean, was that prime shit talking time for you? Yeah, That's, of course. I, yeah.
2: I think I was, uh, 14 or 15. I mean, in, you know, in New York and in Brooklyn, there's a lot of Met fans, a lot of Met fans. Uh, my, my parents were, my mom was a Met fan growing up. So a lot of Met fans, you know, and I think at that time the dynamic was interesting because the Yankees had just won three in a row. Well, they had won two in a row. This was going to be the third one. So I felt more of that pressure, like, we have to win this or it's going to be embarrassing. Then, you know, like, it was almost a relief when they won the third championship, which is which sucks. You want it to be joy. <laughs> but that's the feeling I felt because I didn't want my – my Mets fans friends were, like, you know, really wanting to stick it to us, you know. So that was prime, of course, yeah. Yeah, that's the sweet spot. That's yeah, I
0: mean, well, we lived in Connecticut then. And I remember in 03, like the hallways, like such Northeast baseball nerds, like there was like signs in the hallways. And like <laughs> some of our buddies painted their face red for the Red Sox. And, oh, like, man. That was like, it was like, I think if you, I don't know if baseball's that way for young kids anymore. I bet it's not. I hope it can get there again. But I think if I told anyone that now, they'd be like, what? That we was guys the,
2: losers, and maybe I agree. Oh, maybe we were losers for for me. 03 and 04, because I was in Boston at the time in college. Um, those two seasons, those playoffs, Yankees played the Red Sox, obviously. That is the most intense fandom I've ever experienced of baseball ar- yeah. around me. Um, I was in a room full of Red Sox fans when Boone hit his home run, so Woo-hoo! I always tell Boone about that, but um, you know people were upset, like it shook Red Sox fans, you know? Yeah. And then simultaneously the next year, I lived with two Red Sox fans while the Yankees were up 3-0 and then blew that series. So, which I knew was happening after the second game, like it just felt like it was happening after game five. Like, okay, they're gonna lose the next two somehow, I just know it now and that hurt. But like, I also saw the way that Boston erupted after they won and that was a similar year timeframe um, of, the, of the, um, the game in Chicago. Where where um, Bartman game? They were all like that. Baseball was huge at that moment yeah. um, in America. Huge, 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 and I don't know if it's ever been that way since. Um, but that was like it was intense for sure.
0: Yeah. We'll get back there. Maybe did you uh, did, did you grow listening it? to like Mike and the Mad Dog? Did you listen yeah. to the fan? Yeah, Schmoozer and yeah. all that. Yeah, the Schmoozer. Yeah. Do you it's have any course. teammates who? Because because not every. I think majority of professional baseball players didn't grow up like how you're talking about, like a day in, day out, diehard fan. Yeah. A lot of them are too busy playing or just, you know. Yeah. They find a guy mm-hmm. they like. And that's what know. I always loved what CeCe says about like, no, I'm a I'm a crazy Raiders fan, so yeah. I understand the fan mindset, so I never get too upset when people are screaming and yelling about us. Well, I think it's good. Do that. you have yeah, do you have any teammates that like are the opposite. They're like, man, these people are crazy or
2: man. Yeah.
0: Like the radio is crazy here. And you're like, Hey, that's what it is.
2: For sure. I think, I think there's, I mean, I play with guys that to play on the Yankees would be their nightmare. You know, Mm -hmm. they just like want no part of that. They want to exist anonymously and just kind of carry on through their career. And then you have guys like Lemayhu who, like adopt listening to the fan, like, (laughs) because he's in New York and you know, he just like loves all the talk about things. You know what I mean? Where, you know, I have to turn it off now, but like growing up when I was a kid, obviously that was just the culture. Like Steve Summers at night, you know, Mike and the Mad Dog during the day, like my dad would listen to it. He would, he would say like, you know, what do you think of these guys? You know, that sort of stuff, reading, getting the paper, always going right to the back, like flipping through it, looking at the standings, all the upcoming stuff. I don't think a lot of people definitely grew up that way um so i feel feel uniquely connected to it and i try to explain sometimes like yankee stuff to other guys who are just curious like why is it this way and i'm like well you have to go back to this year and like this is yeah so i end up being kind of that local history a little bit of the new york's baseball scene definitely
0: like, That's awesome. Well, it's awesome that it's appreciated. And, and sometimes it sucks. Like, like as someone who is part of it and grew up in it, I mean, there's a lot of times where we are like, God, Yankee fans are brutal sometimes. Like, this is a nightmare. But I also appreciate it at the same time because it's different than anywhere else. So it's even I have, like, tug of wars with how intense and dumb it can be at times.
2: I mean, listen, like, I, it's passion. I think we need passion in baseball. Like, I'm all – I support the fans' rights to – to boo their team, to cheer for their team, to be fanatical about their team, you know the way Tommy Canley is about the Eagles, like I support <laughs> that I do I want to be that way? No, but I support it, and I think it's important for the game that like you're allowed to be a little hysterical sometimes about it, you know um, as a player, you have to totally go into a different mindset, but that's just like that's just that's just part of it
0: yeah, like when John when Stanton came over in eighteen uh, he he had like a couple games with five straight strikeouts. And the stadium was just pouring booze down on them. And I'm torn because I never stand there and boo a player. That's just not who I am. But also, there's people that paid a lot of money to go see Stan play just for that day. And they're booing that day's uh, results. And I kind of think that's fair in a way. But I also understand why it would suck if you're standing and be like, "Oh
1: my God. Hey, shut the yeah. hell
2: up. Guys. It's tough to deal with it. I mean, I got booed off the mound a few times in my career. Um, it's tough to deal with it. You feel that rejection. But like at the same time, I 1000% support the fans right to do that. Like, I yeah. think it's just like so important that we separate what's entertaining, you know, and, and fo- make sure that that's still cared for. Uh, as, as opposed to just, like, become robots, you know, the way that sometimes the way the players have to be on the field. Uh, we kind of to keep that separate from, like, the experience of the fans, in my opinion.
0: Did you have a favorite section or seat as a kid at the old Yank um, Stadium?
2: Yeah, I mean, we used to go, uh, me and my old man and my mom, we used to go um, on, I think it was called, like, a family night. It was, like, every Thursday we would sit in the upper deck, Um, the tickets were cheaper and you couldn't drink alcohol in the section. Oh, okay. Um, no, no, no hoodlums. Well, no, I mean, there still was, I mean, it was, (laughs) it was (laughs) was still, it was great. I mean, honestly, but like just sitting in the upper deck always to me was special. Um, even when I got to sit lower on later in my life, which I did a lot more, I just like being in the upper deck. The game looks different from up there. Uh, it looks so special and, uh, you know, it's like you're watching a painting. Yeah, like, I don't know, like a ball goes in the air and like, you're trying to you're watching the outfielders run and you're trying to judge like, do they have a chance at this and like you see that same time you see the base runner running and all the infielders kind of shifting to their cutoff positions. And um, I don't know, it's a great way to watch the game. And you're not caught up in the minutia of every pitch. Was it a ball? Was it a strike? You know, how close was that to the corner? And I don't know, I love watching it from that from that perspective.
1: It's pretty cool, man. I
0: like the right field box seats. I'd just sit there and I'd stare at the bleacher creatures with my mouth open like a little kid. And my dad, yeah, he knew I wouldn't really be watching the game. I'd just be taking in like the chants and the kicking yeah. people out and the fights. I just watched I just people watched the bleach creatures as a little kid. That's yeah. all I did. Yeah, the, the
2: box seats suck and all that.
0: Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> I loved it. Uh, guys would get kicked out of the bleachers and then they would re-enter into the right field box seats because they couldn't get because it was a separate. Exit and entrance, and then they'd come into our section and yell, "I got kicked out!" (laughs) It's like it's like a whole party over there is awesome. It's the crazies, man. Yeah, it's the crazies. Do you still have your lab in New York?
2: No, no. I could get it back, um, but there seems like they might let a few of us throw at the stadium um, when when we need to. So I haven't. I've been doing it at the house. Like I've been able to set up like like a semi lab here. But um, yeah, uh, I'm trying to
0: strike out ploof and blitzball so i was gonna see if mm-hmm. i could come you know just get those Rap Sotos, figure out my release point
2: yeah well like i got rid of the lab because it didn't make much sense anymore if i was gonna be able to use the stadium which i did last off season. That's and then, true uh, you know just why why spend money and then this year of course now it's like Oh, i should have had it the whole time <laughs> <laughs> but um, did they
0: I, did they ask you for help on how to you know, the Yankees started using all the Rapsodo cameras, they set up everything before live ABs and stuff.
2: Uh, Yeah, they don't need my help, but they have plenty of, plenty of really smart people. They have a lot of manpower. They know how to do all the technical side better than I ever did. Um, initially, um, like when i signed, they did come to the lab, like some of the analysts and like, talk to me about like, you know, implementation, like, so how do you actually like use this stuff in real life to get better? And so I talked about a little bit like that and Obviously, uh, the game has accelerated even since that point. Now it's just kind of normal for everybody to be using this stuff. Um, but yeah, I wish I, I wish I still had it because it was a lot of fun.
1: As as always, if you need any Altuve or Alejandro Kirk stand-ins, oh, we are here. Um, Alejandro Kirk guy rakes. Dude, I mean, I don't get me emotional because, I mean, seeing a guy in that build doing baseball is part of, like we're talking about the beauty of watching a game from the upper deck and you're not in every pitch, but the beauty and the motion, like the fact that he is built like a mini Like you with engine, a
0: couple pillows. In like the, me
1: after in the... Thanksgiving. Yeah. You... And he can be a, like a good young catcher.
2: You've got no like, to throw him. He's got no strike zone. <laughs> and, he, and he murders everything so what are you what are you supposed to
1: do i i would ask you um, yeah we were trying to do out on the fly we were like
2: we don't know him like how do we get him out he's raking what, what do we do you know That's he's
0: so funny. short so fat it doesn't <laughs> oh. make any sense
2: oh it's came from A-ball. we were like oh this guy's never played against a ball cool <laughs> not cool you know yeah.
1: and it's it's so funny the scouting reports on him were like I don't know. He's been really good, but we just don't see people built like
0: that. The scouting reports for him were like sometimes some come and they break the mold.
1: We yeah. don't know.
2: That's how, that's how Altuve was too. People didn't yeah. think that would work, and it would just kept yeah. working. You know, him, Petey. Hunter Pence, yeah.
1: Weird. Did he retire officially? I think, I think so. he officially yeah, he retired, retired yeah. Good for him. Yeah. Congrats, Hunter. Yeah. What's uh what's going on at the Outavino home this offseason? Are you you're putting in the dad hours? Are we catching up on shows? What are we doing?
2: I'd say both of those. I mean, my my life is you know, I'm just locked in on my baseball stuff and then my dad stuff. Um got a five year old and a two-year-old. So, you know, it's been it's been an interesting year. I've been spending a lot more time with them than I probably ever have before. Um, and it's been great and it's just cool to, you know, kind of be a dad, do dad stuff. But I mean, other than that, yeah, I mean, we, we, we watched some shows, you know, I was big on, um, Queens Gambit and, uh, we watched the undoing and that type of stuff. So, but really, a lot of really Blippi? being a homebody, a lot um, of what
0: they got you watching Blippy, Coco Melon.
2: No, no, they, they, my, my, uh, my younger one is hooked on Moana at the moment. And my older one is like is like watching old magic school bus stuff and like okay. awesome. Yeah, so Don't I try to start point the her stuff. I have a little more influence with the five year old, so I try to point her, you know, in the educational directions.
0: They rebranded magic school bus. Yeah. But they She's still called this Mrs. Frazzle or whatever his name is, but it's not Frizzle. Yeah. But it's like Mrs. Frizzle's niece, but just call her Mrs. Frizzle. It's a very super bad or, or uh, beer fest. Beer fest. Like he died, <laughs> but just call me his land. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like yeah. why did you even change the the yeah. name? You know? It's very well,
2: weird. I don't know. So yeah, just 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 that stuff. Just laying low, watching shows. Playing a little FIFA. That's about it.
0: Okay. Ooh, nice. Okay. Yeah. Well, thanks, man. Thanks for chatting with us, man. We appreciate it. We're uh, itching for Yankee stuff as much as anyone else. So hopefully we get some good news and some DJ news. Mm-hmm. And then maybe we'll see at the stadium. We'll just come. Or hopefully come in Tampa.
1: I mean. Or in Tampa. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I feel, we'll like, I feel like they're going to cut that short. I, that's just my gut feeling is uh, spring training is going to be a casualty. Yeah. Uh, I mean, if it's not profitable and uh, – you know what did we do it in do we 3 do we do 3 weeks this year in the summer yeah
0: but there was so a lot that. of
2: injuries yeah yeah no not great but i but i maybe <laughs> maybe 4 weeks and so, what do we do yeah. do 7 down there
0: if they can't have fans it it'll really change how they do the entire thing but i don't think i think we're going to get a full season i hope so with fans because otherwise i i they'll it'll be bleak out, outlook on a lot of stuff and the other sports are doing it. So I I think they're going to say not optional to not have fans. We just need to figure out how we can do it. And they did it in the world series. It was, it happened. NBA's coming back. I think we'll have a full season, but maybe spring training, spring training will get got suck.
2: I hope so. Cause it's just weird. I mean, to play 60 games uh, that has like repercussions, like for years going forward with like pitchers and different things and how people are evaluating all that. So, I just think the one sixty two is like what you are expecting, so you know that's what you work for. So I really hope that we have that.
0: Would you be fine if they if they dropped it from one sixty two to like one hundred with expanded playoffs?
2: No, not really. No, I just for me, I'm like a big value of the regular season type guy. I, I mean, me too. I, I understand expanded playoffs. I understand more revenue, whatever. I understand. I just don't like – see, I'm not, like, huge on the way the NBA is doing it or hockey either. I feel like it devalues the regular season. I
0: agree. But they want to get more than 50% of teams into the playoffs because that's what every other league has. So that's what we've heard MLB wants to do, which I don't like at all. If they do expanded playoffs, then you got to shorten the season because, I mean, even the 60-game season didn't mean entirely that much when more than half the league got a chance.
2: I agree. I agree. I, I, I just, I just think, you know, baseball is like a different type of fandom. You're, you're kind of in it for six months, you know, you're checking in, even if you're not watching the games, check the box score, you know, find out you kind of feel connected to the team over the long haul. And I just feel like that's just so important. Like how you do through the long haul. That's like what all the other players in history had to go through. I don't want it to be different, you know, in that way. So that, that would be disappointing to me uh, if they shorten the season plus like in my job, of course, there's selfish reasons too. Like in my job, like a big part of your value is like being able to pitch in a crap load of games and provide that type of like reliability. So if you start shortening things, um, it's going to really, the whole pitching staff model will get totally shifted in one way or the other and then everybody have to adapt. Yep.
1: I'm I'm you talk like a baseball norm. fan.
0: Yeah, baseball fan. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Like an existing baseball no, fan. No, I do like it. I do like it. I'm, you know, yeah. Do you need about. us
1: To do anything On the internet streets Do you want us To start any rumors uh, No you know? I don't okay. really
2: No I mean No I'm. I've, like I said I mean I listen To you guys sometimes And I watch Ploof's show You know when he Has the guys on Cause I think it's You know I like to know What people are thinking But um, I, uh, I don't really I don't really Like consume much Of the normal Baseball stuff um, articles right. anymore
1: It's fine We do
0: a, a Decent job sometimes That's our tagline Yeah
2: no, I, I mean it I just like that you guys actually like the sport. So that's the that's yeah, the
0: nice thing. that's a big thing. <laughs> that's a big thing. <laughs> that's a big thing right now. Yeah. All right. Hey, thanks for hanging out with us, man. We really appreciate it. We'll uh, keep in touch and hopefully uh, hang out again. Uh, maybe see each other in person sometime soon. All right. Sounds
2: good. Baseball.
0: <laughs> and there he was, Mr. Adam Adavino. Mr. Adavido. Mr. Adam Adavino. Mr. Adam Adavino. Don't you
1: quit. Mr. Montevino. That's the end of the episode. Thanks, everyone. Thanks. Winter meetings, Thursday. December 10th. Saturday. Live on the YouTube.
0: Go Yanks. Tell them, Grams.
1: Go Yankees.